Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Afro Mayo Driver podcast, brought to you by the Afro Mayo Owners Club. I'm Guy Swarbrick and this week's guest is David Faithful. David was our first ever guest, talking about his role on the board and with the Mito Register. He was back again in episode 13 in a doomed attempt to defend the impracticality of the dumpy three-door Mito against the obvious superiority of the elegant five-door Giulietta, and has been a regular guest on our roundtables and on our No Such Thing as a Brera Quadrifolio series. But this week, he's here to talk about something completely different, the club's shiny new website. Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon, Guy. I suppose the best place to start is probably with a little bit of history, because a lot of people probably think the website was updated a couple of years ago, but it actually goes back quite a long way, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not quite sure how long it goes back, actually. I know the technology on it, it uses a combination of technologies, but it's chiefly Drupal. And there's nothing wrong with that. That still works on a number of websites, but ours was a very out-of-date version. It just makes it really difficult to maintain, to add content, to do cool stuff on there. So yeah, a few people thought it was new a couple of years ago. It wasn't. We added some other functions and we smartened it up and we started using slightly larger images on the website. But basically it was the same website behind the scenes. We just jazzed it up a bit with imagery and, and a few different functions to try and bring it a bit more up to date, not fully in terms of what you see on some modern websites, but certainly it was an improvement. Um, but all within the, both the, the constraints and some advantages of, of the older technology underneath it. And, and all credit to Bill Smith, the um, the webmaster who put it together. It's, it's run for a long time and, and done sterling service. I'd be surprised if there's other websites that have kept going and still remained fairly current. And, and that's all down to Bill. Bill's supported the site for years and years. And to be honest, some of the things that we've asked him to do and the short notice we've given him and some of the failures we had on some of the older hosting that Bill recovered us from is quite miraculous, actually. Yeah. So all credit to Bill. You know, the redevelopment of the site was a result of quite a few years of development of the existing site. And and Bill's been basically manually hand cranking it and helping us and bailing it out of problems on several occasions over recent years. So we're recording this on Wednesday and I think the uh, the go live date is Thursday so by the time people listen to this on Sunday hopefully (laughs) if they now go and look at the website they'll be looking at the new one so what what kind of differences will they see from what they would have seen uh, at time of recording well the fundamental difference it will look and feel a lot different so it's a fully responsive all new website so just just for those of us who aren't web geeks Responsive means that it works on on any device, so it should work as well on your phone as it does on your your laptop or your tablet. Yeah, and experienced um, members using our site will know that our old site, or as recording, current site, (laughs) is responsive-ish. What that means is if you open it on a mobile, on a smartphone or on an iPad, it sort of resizes, but but what it does is it leaves the fonts very tiny. So um, it's sort of, if you stand far enough back and squint, it looks like a responsive (laughs) website. Yeah, But when you actually try and use it, uh, everything goes very tiny and it's, and it's pretty hard. The new site is fully responsive, as in if you're looking at a page on a large desktop, you'll be able to see it and the font size is, is you know, like 12 point or 13 point. If you open it on a mobile device, all the imagery and, and all the functions and buttons resize, but so does the font. So it'll be a larger font and you'll see that the scrolling behaves differently and the functionality uh, uh, performs differently. So true responsiveness changes the look and 
feel, the features and the functions based on the device a website is running on. So yeah, we've got away with appearing to be responsive for some years, but it's not really been responsive as such. And what's the what's the new content that's going to be responding, if that's the right terminology? Yeah, so we've taken the opportunity of, well, we've done two things really. So any content that members are familiar with and loved and liked on the old website, you will still find it there. So we've been at pains to not lose anything. But what we've also done is it's really gone much larger in terms of the images that we've used. The galleries are now fully responsive and fully integrated. For example, we've got the mapping, which we tried to do previously on the old site for things like finding your local section around the UK. That's now all fully responsive and very smart. We do a lot more selective display of content. So I'm sure we'll get on to how we're going to be managing news on the site. But when you're in your section, you'll see section news automatically. And when you're in the galleries, you can choose what kind of galleries you see. So you can see all of our events, or you can see motorsport, or you can see only this year's or last year's, or you can see everything. So it's not so much that there's a plethora of amazing new content yet. It's more that we've made the content much easier to find, much easier to use. It's more bigger. It's more in your face. It's There's a lot of full screen responsiveness going on. So initially, uh, certainly in the early weeks, it's uh, familiar content, but just enhanced slightly. As we move forward, there'll be lots of new and different and and different types and categories of content, which uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, so we'll come back to that. I guess the other area that was always a little bit smoke and mirrors before is things like the forum and the archive that had a very similar look and feel to the main website, but were never actually part of the website. And am I right in saying that effectively that doesn't change uh, at least for the time being. Yeah, I think what we've tried to do is, look, there's there's an element of risk to completely changing your website. There are some things, which is basically content, news, events, galleries, and so on. They don't actually change very much. And then there is other content like our constantly updating archive, the forum, which is used day in, day out by people. We needed to be a bit cautious that we didn't break anything. So we've this deployment is in, in is in three or four phases actually. This first phase is the initial deployment of the all new website. It links to the existing archive and the existing forum. So forum users they'll log into the new website and they'll see oh that's nice and new. They'll click on for the forum and hey presto it's the old forum. So yeah, there's a number of subsequent phases where we migrate forum, archive, and other aspects of of our online experience to the new platform. But we're not going to do that initially. We want to get through Christmas and make sure we haven't broken anything in the process. Yeah, that makes sense. You talked about more content over time in places that people will be familiar with and and perhaps have not seen uh, much in the way of of updates, whether that's news or probably more importantly, sections and register information. What What's going to happen there? Well, there's two aspects really to keeping the website up to date. One is obviously the eagerness of registrars and section secretaries to publish content, share content and so forth. But the other is how easy it is for our club officials to be able to do that. And one of the massive drawbacks of the old site is it sort of predates the modern, easy to use content management systems of today. So Section secretaries and model registrars can today, or 
last week, add content to our existing website. It's just hard as hell. I mean, you you really have to fumble around. You have to have done it several times before to have got the knack. You can't just drag and drop anything. You have to manually key it in and then upload photos and then photos get resized. The process of adding content for any of our club officials has been painful. And what typically happens is even the most eager of our section secretaries and and model registrars, they'll try it once, they'll experience the enormity of the pain, and they'll never go back again. Just as a a really close example of that, I mean, I I actually run a number of websites where I maintain all the content myself. And as the 939 Spider Registrar, I did exactly that. I went in and put some content in and thought, right, okay, that's me done. Yeah. And and of course, a consequence of that, um, partly it sort of gives the impression, so I'm a registrar as well, it sort of gives the impression that we're bone idle or don't want to engage or don't want to publish content for our members, which I think is un- unfounded and unfair. But it also, it means that members who go to look up your 939 register or my Mito register and they say, oh, okay, that's exactly the same content that was there a month ago when I looked last time, then they're not going to come back. And you, and so you lose that level of engagement with members and you know with prospective members as well. Most of that content that we have for sections and for registers, it is open to the public. So you know, it's it's just not a good uh, window into how good our club is if the content remains static over years and years. And and I'm convinced, having spoken to a lot of registrars and section secretaries, they have content and they want to publish content. They want to be more engaging, but it's much too hard to add content to the old site. Whereas the new site, the platform is all uh, a WordPress platform. And so all of our club officials are all set up with varying levels of administrator and editor rights. So me as a Mito registrar, you as a 939 Spider registrar, we get our own logins. We get our own designated area of the website. You can add as much news, as many galleries, as much updates, content, files, share information with our members. And once you've done it once, it's it's kind of immediately familiar to most of us who are familiar with you know using websites or social media. It's largely drag and drop. Of course, you add your own, you type your own content, your own words, but you can copy and paste those out of your own Word documents. You can just drag a photo, drag images, drag diagrams, and it will auto-populate. So I've done a few this morning uh, just to re-familiarize myself on how the hell to do this. And yeah, it, it took me a few minutes before it became familiar again, but it was really simple. It was fast. It was simple. You just flag it as a Mito or 939 or Yorkshire or East Midlands. It automatically links all of that together, publishes it to all of our members in the right area. It's just a really, a really simple process. And so, you know, in 12 months, if we still have out of date, rubbish old content, then it is because we're lazy. But I think this is a real opportunity now for all of us club officials to kind of let ourselves loose on the site because you can't damage anything. All you can do is add content, really. Most of the content that we have is informative and is interesting to our members. So there's no harm done in publishing plenty of content and you just can't do any damage. But it's a very simple process compared to how it used to be. And of course, people won't have seen all the work that's been done to to make this happen. But but through a fantastic piece of coordination, we're running a, a workshop for the section secretaries and registrars on the 13th of December, uh, 15th for registrars, 13th for section secretaries, which is has a more general purpose in terms of discussing ideas for how to 
to make life easier when section secretaries and registrars are, are producing their magazine content. And, and that was perfectly coordinated and timed with the launch of the new website so that we can um, we can give people a, a quick demo and, and get them using that platform from the very early t- days as well. Yeah, and, that, and that's really important because I think, you know, for some of us, using social media or you know, using YouTube or Facebook, Twitter, and so on. That's kind of the extent of our publishing prowess. This is a little bit more complicated than that, but it's not much more complicated. So what we're trying to do is we're, we're going to give step-by-step instructions for the officials to be able to add and maintain and delete old content. We're recording screen grab videos to show them. And, and as you say, on those uh, calls that we've set up for the sections and registrars, we'll do a live demo. We'll add, we'll create a post, we'll add content, we'll drag the pictures on it and so on. I think it's really important that the club officials know that we're here to support them. So, you know, in the early days, or if anybody is, um, you know, really unfamiliar with some of the technology or, or afraid to try it on their own, we'll do it with them. We'll just dial into a Zoom, we'll screen share and we'll do it. We're also here to do it on their behalf. So for me, what we want to do is really promote you know, the publishing of more content. The more content you have, the more engaging we become as a club and the more you know, engagement and contribution and and discussion you stimulate with our users. And that's only a good thing. So, you know, if any of our section secretaries or registrars are nervous or don't want to do it on their own, we'll do it with them. We'll do it for them. What we can't do is invent content. You know, I'm not, I'm not the 939 spider registrar. I'm not going to come up with uh, content for you, but if you've got some content. There there goes my plan. (laughs) Well, okay. Well, there's, there's deals to be done. Obviously everything has a price, but the aim is, our officials create content and they do that in their local run meetings and events and engagement um, with all of their members. And if they need help to publish that, now it's so easy. And now there's a few of us very familiar with updating content and publishing within 30 seconds to a minute. Doing it on someone's behalf is no problem at all either. Yeah. And you talked earlier on about the stuff that's available on module registrar pages, for example, on, on the website being publicly available. And I think in phase one of the website, pretty much everything except the archive and the forums, which were always password protected, will remain public. But there are plans, I think, in the longer term for for some member-only areas. Yeah, and, I th- and, and this is really important to us because we've, we've got to more and more differentiate between stuff anybody can see for free and stuff that only members can see and can only benefit from. If you take uh, the development of social media, we have a multitude of Facebook groups. We have pretty much one for every section, one for every uh, model register, plus our main group, plus our main page. We publish quite a lot of content and there's a lot of two-way interaction with both members and non-members because it's an open social media platform. So there's there's a lot of content I think that we ought to produce as a club and we plan to produce as a club, but that should be for members. You know, members, they get a lot of benefits with their membership as part of being part of the club. Some of that benefit has to be unique and differentiated content only for members. We don't stick that stuff on Facebook. You get it on our web website, but you only get it when you log into our website. Um, Just to touch on that, though, you're right that in these early weeks, basically the website is open to all. We have begun the integration between the new website and our back-end membership database. It's just not done yet. But what we didn't want to do was you know, withhold the launch of the new site because we haven't done that integration fully yet. But the aim is certainly that 
members will be able to log into our website, not just the forum and archive, but actually log into the website. There'll be a lot of new features and functionality and content that's only for members. And you'll see on a bit like a lot of uh, like news publishing sites, if you're a subscriber, you'll be able to see the first third of the news article, but then you have to log in to see more. We have that form of functionality already inbuilt. That's, uh, I think that's called drip feeding content. So we have that available. We just haven't switched it on. And that's because we haven't integrated with the full backend login. Once we've done that, members will be able to log in. They will see more content. We haven't really worked out what volume of news or publishing story we constrain only to members. But for example, um, you and I have had conversations in the past about our magazine content. There, there's no reason why there can't be, uh, can't be partner stories that align with the latest magazine. The, the stuff that ends up on the editing room floor, uh, that can go onto the website where it didn't make it in time or wasn't appropriate for the, for the printed magazine. We don't really want all and sundry to be able to see that. That is a member benefit. So that would be visible only to members. And I think once we've got the login integration sorted, there are new functions that we also want to develop only for members. And there could be, rather like we have with the archive, there might be insider info or uh, factory information or specific model information and parts data that we may want to allow our members to see, but not necessarily open up to the public. So I think it does create an environment that creates more opportunity for us to publish more and more content, not being afraid that someone's just going to pinch it and publish it all over the place. Yeah. And I know that's, you know, there's an evolution of the way we use content at the moment. If you think about a simple thing like, like photo galleries from an event, we've always been limited with the number we can put in the, in the magazine. We're able to put more in Notiziario, the newsletter. Um, but again, I think there are there are probably people who are reluctant to share all of the photos that they've taken at an event, you know, for fear of them being widely distributed around the the internet. But there's the scope for that kind of thing to be available only for members as well. Yeah, and I think it's just, you know as we move forward, there's a lot of uh, photography, but also video. Even you and I have talked about drone footage and so on. You know, all of this content is so easy to steal. Once it's on YouTube, once it's on the internet, once it's on social media, we see it a lot with, you know, some of the friends of ours who do the photography for car magazines and so on. People just steal their images. People don't really care about copyright. I think if we can have that, frankly, behind a firewall, behind a, a member login, the content providers will be much more confident and will be much more open to sharing content only with members. And the, the point you make about, you know, the volume of things we can show, there's sort of the magazine will always be limited. I mean, we're what are we at? We're about 116 pages. I mean, it's getting a bit crazy in terms of volume we could do. But of course, all the costs associated with that become yeah. quite monstrous as you start to increase and increase. You're right, we can do more in the newsletter, but that's not really what the news newsletter was aimed for. The newsletter was always intended to be someone can have 15 minutes scrolling through stuff. It, it wasn't really that platform for publishing real content. We've got our galleries and so forth. But uh, as you say, on the one hand, you want to show it to people, but you don't want to give it to everybody. And you want it to be a, a thing that members who attended get memories of the day. And it's kind of a teaser for other members to come to the next event. But it's, you know, we've got to find those ways of course publishing exciting and exclusive content, but limiting some of that to members only and potentially in future. That could include unique news articles or insider information uh, that, again, 
you know, at the moment, all we've got is social media as a yeah. platform to public, and, and that's just not the way forward for a club that depends on its members for loyalty and, and and in return for you know unique and insightful information and publishing. Anything else on the roadmap apart from the the member wall area? Well, so let's. Well, I'll tease you with one thing that we're, we haven't developed yet, but we don't think is very complex. Once we've integrated that member login, why can't members have their own area of the website? And so we started exploring what that might mean. Now, for me, God, if I could log into my own bit of the website, it'd be absolutely plastered top to toe with Mito stuff. But for some of us, I have Mito's, but I also have an Alpha Sud. So maybe I want to be able to create my own Mito area, my own Alpha Sud area. Maybe people would be interested or not in seeing restoration work on my Sud and development work on the Mito. So maybe I can have two or three areas of the website behind my own personal login. And if each of those areas has its own unique identifier, you can create a QR code for each of my pages. We could easily facilitate members to download that QR code and we could put that in your tax disc holder on a, a, a car show. So as you're as we're going to National Alpha Day or similar, I can update the content on my bit of the website, download the QR code, stick it in my windscreen. And as everyone walks around looking at the different cars, they can scan my QR code, which obviously everybody would do when they see a QR code on the Mito, and then read all about my restoration or things I've done to it and so on. So where we're trying to get to is the club has content which we which we publish and we engage with our members on. But then members can create content and they can publish that and they can engage with other fellow members at car shows or online or on social media. So, you know, part of the, the now this is thinking, I think we're a few months away from this because step one is in, integrate with our logins. Once you have logins, members can have their own content page. Once that's working, members can have multiple content pages and unique identifiers. Once that's working, they can publish it in in any way, shape and form, including at car shows. So we think that's a really positive thing. The other small thing, which has been the bane of my life is, you know, for all of our members, we are constantly trying to evolve and develop new partnerships for discounts and and great services for our members. A lot of organizations, let's just, without giving too many clues, let's just say they were a, a large restaurant chain. They have expressed an interest to partner with us but they don't just give us one barcode or one discount code. They give us unique member discount barcodes per member. And we can't do that at the moment because we we can't, other than publishing one discount code for all members or one barcode or QR code for all members, we have no means of giving unique discount vouchers to individual members. Whereas if every member gets their own area of the website, hey, presto, they have their own QR code or their own unique identifier, and they can each have discount codes for different types of service providers and and stores and uh, restaurants and so on. So I think I think it could open up quite a world of possibilities when we enable members to have their own little mini sites within the AROC site. So that's that's kind of, I wouldn't describe it as a detailed roadmap, but there's a handful of things that we absolutely want to do next year, some ahead of the big events and some just as a matter of course to improve the overall service for members. So two questions as a result of all that. The first one is, how many um, Alfa Romeo Owners Club branded tax disc holders were we left with when um, when the DVLA decided that they weren't <laughs> going to insist on them? That is a very good question. <laughs> That's a very good question. There's a there's money to be made here. <laughs> 
but I assure you that's not the driving force behind creating it. But it's a good idea. Maybe um, maybe we'll be the only the only organisation going and asking people, uh, going and asking manufacturers to remake tax disc holders, uh, sewing stuff our QR codes in them. But that's that's a very good point. Yeah. And then the other one is, you know, given that the the website's live now, if people want to get a a really good feel for for how different the experience is going to be, where, where would be one or two places you would suggest they go and have a look? Yeah, I think, well, look, if you go to the homepage, you'll see that content looks bigger, looks fresher. Within there, we've got, if you click on uh, community, for example, that's where you'll find our area sections. You'll find the model registers in there. That'll look and feel differently. Uh, the galleries particularly is different. We've really tried to make the galleries, you know, really feature rich, searchable and so on. The events page, which was always a very old school bland list of events that's now modern that includes images uh, maps of where the events are and so on um, and we'll link to the ticketing site I think on the uh, on the sort of general look and feel of it you'll see the difference on every single page I think yeah just go online and have a play with it really I think there's a lot in there that is familiar you know we have brought forward a lot of content we've got new content on there particularly I mean I have to be honest we have put quite a lot of effort into encouraging new members to join so there's quite a lot of effort gone into uh, you know the benefits of membership, but there's a lot of scrolling images, scrolling discount providers, sponsors, and so on. That's all you know quite different. And of course, we still have classified ads. We have the the full interactive map of all the dealers, all the Italian car and Alpha specialists, and so on. So yeah, I think there's. There's a lot to see in there, but, you know, overwhelmingly to begin with, it'll look familiar. I am hoping that after our section secretaries and registrar calls, you'll start to see us putting more content on. Some of it you'll look at and say, uh, what's the point of that then? Well, the point is we're starting to engage more with the website. And I think over time, we'll get smarter at the types of content we can publish. So it's definitely worth having a look at the model register page and looking up your cars and, and seeing what's in there. Maybe not very much initially, but come back in a few weeks' time. Same for the sections that you're, you're part and parcel of. Have a look at what's going on in your section and, and see what content starts to develop in that space. And keep coming back, I think. I, I don't want people to log on and say, ooh, not much content, and then don't come back for six months. I think if you go on and you see not much content, you'll see the email address of your section secretary or of your model registrar ping them and say, not much content, mate. Here's, here's an idea. Here's some stuff about my car. Or here's what we're up to next weekend. Start sharing with your section secretaries and your model registrars ideas, or even if all you're doing is poking them with a stick saying, I hear you've got a new website. You should be able to add content now. Please add some. And, I'll and I think and that's a really it. good point. I think it was so difficult to do it before that even if, you know, register or section members had been pestering you to put content on there, you probably wouldn't have done. But no. but now there's really no reason why if somebody's got a, a good idea or or better still, some content that they would like to share with, with the rest of the section or the register, then the club officials can put that up really easily. Yeah. And I, I also think it was almost impossible to work out how to share. You, you know, you go to a normal web so you go to BBC News or somewhere and you say, oh, I'm going to share that and I'll stick that on my Facebook feed or something. Well, you can do that now on our website. And it was always very difficult to sort of make that sort of thing happen on our old website. So if you see anything, feel free to share it. It's all open content. So if in your model registrar area, there's a cool thing about the, the car you love, just hit share and, and post it on the social media that you're attached to. My hope really is that as we start to grow the content, 
it starts to get shared, people start to come to our website and then we will switch on commenting and, and, and stimulate discussion on the website content. And then over time, when members are logging in more and more, you know, the forum becomes more integrated because obviously in phase two, we integrate the forum into the new look and feel. It's all the same content. You won't lose anything. Uh, it'll just look and feel a bit different, but that means you can add massive images easier. You can tag videos into the forum. And, and some of that more modern content is hard as hell to get into our frankly text-based forum. So that will become a more interactive place as well. And, and we'll be able to link one again, once you're logged in, you'll be able to link to the archive and link to your forum. And because you're logged in in one place, you'll be able to see content across all of our content platforms. So yeah, I'm kind of hopeful um, next year will bring quite a different set of behaviors, not just of us lot, the officials, but also of our members. I think people will start to feel they can engage on the website. There's discussion, there's commenting, there's sharing, there's you know engagement, there's upload, easy uploading to share with other members. And so particularly, I know a lot of our members, well, I know a lot of our members are not on Facebook and other social media, and many members aren't comfortable on there and, and don't want to share with the whole world. Well, our website will become a place where you can share member to member easily and quickly and and you don't get all of the faff that comes with all the unwashed on social media putting negative comments or you know that's not as good as mine or those wheels look stupid on that car which is a bit of a feature of certainly Facebook I think there's there's kind of an, an implicit etiquette member to member I think and I want to try and encourage that during the course of next year I was going to say and finally but and finally usually results in a story about a, a gorilla eating cheese sandwiches at Bristol Zoo or something but we, we talked about uh, Bill Smith's contribution earlier on and, and justifiably you know, talked about the contribution he made to getting the website where it was before the changeover. And yep. I guess the, the other person we should give some credit to is Matt Daly, who's another club member, uh, an ARCA race driver and a, indeed a, a club virtual race driver who has been instrumental in, in helping you put all this together. Yeah. And Matt's, he's just a really nice guy. He's a young family man. His stepdad is uh, in Brookfield, who's our SUD registrar. The whole family is kind of sudden alpha mad. Interestingly, though, that family also has uh, an incredible history of racing alphas. So both Ian and Matt have and continue to race alphas, as you say, virtually as well as in the real world. Anybody who's familiar with the Alpha Romeo Championship, they've probably visited alpharacer.com. Matt built that as well. So when we were looking around at, well, what should we do? And we sort of, I don't think Bill ever said this, but the, the impression we got was, uh, I can't do this anymore. I can't work with you lot like this. I think it, it, it's been so long of him keeping this thing going for us, almost despite us that, you know, he wanted a change. We wanted you know, a different approach. Matt, you know, we, we'd seen the Alpha Racer website. We thought it was really cool. We were looking around. We spoke to two or th- well, no, five or six uh, potential suppliers and the, um, the website providers of a lot of other car clubs we spoke to as well. And it was just Matt that gave us the the confidence that we could build something that would be that he would be passionate about, as passionate as we are, that he would be as keen on that his that he wants it to be cool and fun and engaging and and easy to support, easy to maintain, easy for the administrators to add content. Yeah, Matt's been an absolute godsend over recent months because we had a lot of ideas. And then what Matt is able to do is say, yeah, that's quite a cool idea. But if you do it this way, it'll be it'll be as good as you want. Plus you'll have these three other features. And so he sort of really helped us turn our sometimes daft ideas into really cool 
ideas that form that, uh, you know, early fashioning of a roadmap for our website. And this first phase, I think, is is a really good uh, starter for 10. When when Matt and I talk through what comes next and then what comes next and what does that enable that would come next, he gets as excited as we do about the, the sort of opportunities that it creates. So I think it's also, I think it will be handy that he maintains and develops our website and the alpharacer.com site as well, because we want to be as close as possible to the Alpha Championship. They're working incredibly hard with us to, to make that championship work for all owners of Alpha Romeo. And there's, well, there's certainly no drawbacks to having one technology supplier supporting both of those sites. So I think that's going to be a big win for us. We're not quite sure how we start to integrate technologies, data, news, and so on between the two sites, but at least having one guy responsible for both can only be a good thing. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you for that. And uh, I I look forward to having already have seen it on Thursday because this is now Sunday. Anyway, I'm sure it's, it's going to be great. Well, yes, wish us luck. Because obviously <laughs> as we're recording this, we're going live tonight. So uh, and, and, if, and if, if, if not, there'll be a note in the sleeve notes as to when it is going live. Yeah, or or there'll be a, a, some random podcast that we have to quickly do on <laughs> Sunday morning. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much, David. Thanks, Guy. That's all for this week. And I'm glad to say that the new website is up and running as planned. We'll be back in two weeks' time on Sunday, the 18th of December. Episode 70 will be available to download from 1.30pm from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, YouTube, and everywhere else good podcasts are found. Until then, stay safe. 